Welcome to the first ever episode of the Undercover Podcast. We're not going to introduce ourselves because we want to stay undercover, but, you know, our plan is to hopefully talk once or twice a week, um, just dive into sports, everything sports, all, all the big stories that, that people care about, but, um, but yeah, I guess the, the biggest news right now, we got college basketball, it's the best time of the year. Best time of the year, no doubt about it. This year is going to be wild compared to years previous. It's funny. So, well, we're both um, we're both twenty one, turning twenty two, um, senior year of college, and I mean, this is the most I've followed college basketball, I think, since high school, um, and it's like definitely the most I know about you know team by team, and it's it's the least confident I've felt in making a bracket. I have no fucking clue what's <laughs> Every I don't know what team is making it out of the Sweet Sixteen even like I it's it's causing me a lot of anxiety. The uh, the the second chance Sweet Sixteen pick them brackets is going to be very popular. This oh, year. not a lot of people are going to uh, have Final Four teams after the first weekend. I would be shocked. I've never done a second chance bracket before. One thing I actually wanted to ask you just just so I can judge you as a person: Are you the kind of kid who makes more than one bracket every year? No. People who make more than one bracket are, they take the fun out of it. One bracket, you they're, gotta stick with it. You just gotta, you gotta go for it. You gotta dive in. You gotta put all your eggs in one basket. They're awful people. People who make two or three brackets and then they fucking brag like, oh, dude, I had Murray State beating West Virginia. And I'm like, yeah, but okay. In your two other brackets, you had UVA losing to fucking Creighton, so fuck you. So I. Yeah. Fair. You don't get to brag Can't make about, more than one bracket. Those people suck. Those people suck. Um, all right, but so I guess we can kind of dive in. What are you feeling as your initial Final Four? My initial Final Four right off the bat, I think, is Michigan State out of that region with Kansas and Duke. Uh, I think West Virginia is going to beat Villanova uh, in the Sweet 16 in that region and go all the way to the Final Four. Really? Was playing well in the Big 12 tournament. I think the press will just screw with people. It will, it'll uh, screw with mid-majors, and then I think if they've got a week to prepare for Villanova, that's going to be a really good game. Uh, I think that works in the opposite direction, though, because Villanova has a week to prepare for the press. Um, Virginia, out of that bracket. And then the last one, I have no idea. I don't think Xavier is... I don't think they have what it takes. They just played like shit in the Big East tournament. Um... Realistically, I think UNC, um, but they're not they're not the UNC of years past. I think that UNC Gonzaga game in the Elite Eight could be real entertaining. Yeah, so many good games. Just like just glancing through all the possibilities. I mean, UNC they've made back to back championship games, and they still have Joel Berry, who I guess he, I mean he wasn't the best player the last couple of years, but he's he's the point guard. He's he, he's the senior anchor. Um, it's going to be hard to pick against him. What I've been thinking, yeah. I, I don't know if other I people, I don't know if everyone else is noticing this, but at least in my head, just over the past couple of games, watching all the tournaments play out, I feel like at least I just forgot about the Big Ten. Like two weeks ago, just watching yeah. Michigan versus Purdue, like that was such a high quality game. Like those are two great teams, but it's because they haven't played in over a week, and we've been watching Kansas and and Nova and all those teams. Like we have to remember that, you know. Those those Big Ten teams are still really freaking good. 
Well, so how do you, you can look at that one of two ways. You can say they're rested and ready to go and they just had a weekend to watch everybody and scout and recover from their tournament. Or you think they have no momentum. They've been idle for too long. You know, which, which way are you going with this argument going into going into the tournament with a team like Michigan? Um, I think momentum, I think it's a real thing, but it, I mean, I'm sure they're practicing real hard, like, you know, scrimmaging. Um, I was actually thinking like, like, why doesn't Michigan just go scrimmage Michigan State? You know, just like keep. Now, the, I actually just thought that when you uh, when you were talking about that, they should do that, or like they should have done it already. I guess now they should just be focusing on you know preparing for for that first round matchup. But like right. this week, yeah. But last week, when yeah, when they should be scrimmaging. They like they're they're close to Michigan State. They can you know quick trip to Ohio State. That there's no excuse for them to really be rusty. But um, I mean, it's uh, they haven't had like. A month off. They had a week off, so hopefully they can rest up. Um, and also, I mean, so they're playing Montana to to get started. That should be a win. So they'll have a couple games to to get back into the groove. You know, right? I mean, most of these Big Ten teams are seeded twos and threes. You got Michigan State with Bucknell in the first round. Yeah. So uh, Michigan, like you said, with Montana. Yeah. Um, I think Purdue, Purdue is, is a like a, seed. Yeah, you don't Purdue's, see them losing to a fifteen. Yeah, they're like a twenty-four and a half point favorite. Yeah, exactly. Um, like the, I don't, I don't think a lot of these Big Ten teams have good first round matchups. The only one who doesn't is Ohio State. I could see South Dakota State winning that game. Yeah, all all these Jay Billis characters are all over South Dakota State. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know a single player on that team, but no, of from, course not. <laughs> but it's a it's a five twelve matchup, so automatically I, I know you think there's always t- always two of those two twelve seeds every single year. I didn't. I was really surprised, and it was so simple to me when I realized why the five twelve upsets are so common. And when I finally realized it, I it was it was like such a light bulb moment. Well, it's like what the twelve seed is always like the best lower conference team, right? Yeah, the 12 seeds are below the 12, 13, 14. Those are all the mid-majors. And then the 12 seeds are obviously the best of those. So those are the ones that, you know, were decent. Yeah, yeah, they're all like like 28 and 5. They like five losses all year. Yeah, it was like Wichita State before they like were really on the map like four or five years ago. They started as like a 9 seed or something like that or like an 11. Yeah, and VCU. Exactly, yeah, that's the classic example. Um, Yeah, yeah, but I know – Kentucky's only a six-point favorite over Davidson. Like, I guess really? that, that's supposed to be a great game. But I yeah, mean, I mean, I've got Davidson in that game. I don't know if they're going to win. I mean, I want to pick the uh, I want to pick the upset, obviously. But yeah, you got. It's so hard to to try and guess the upsets. Whenever I try and guess the upset, I just get completely fucked. Yeah, it, it's so hard. So my like my main bracket strategy over the years, what I've done is like I don't even necessarily pick who I think is going to get the farthest. I just pick. Who I think is not going to lose the earliest. So even if I think that that Kentucky is going to win that section, I just like I, I would never put them in the Final Four because they might lose in the first round. Yeah. You know? Whereas UVA, like, there's no way they're losing before the Sweet Sixteen. So like, I'm no, gonna, absolutely I, I want to no put chance. them through just because. Right. So, right. So just because, just so you can keep your bracket in play for the first weekend. Yeah. Because oh. I can't tell you how many times in the past couple of years I've had. <laughs> two years ago, I had Michigan State. Winning the whole thing when they lost to Middle Tennessee, so my oh bracket my was done after Friday, and then I, so many other times I've had that. It's we look forward to to this tournament the entire year, and when when that bracket gets busted, there is no worse <laughs> feeling in the world. Devastating, absolutely devastating. Like I like it's one thing when like like the New York Giants, big Giants fan, when they get eliminated, you know whether it be the playoffs or 
or week 16 or this year week 8 it's not as bad as when that you bracket. had you had the whole season you know <laughs> the bracket you got the, is just you got busted. four months of you know of decent football yeah and then fucking university of florida just lost to st idaho state yeah <laughs> hey when that happens um I did want to look at some of these early lines with you. So what I read was well, I think that the most interesting line is uh, of the of the early games. There's the first game of the tournament. We start with Oklahoma, Rhode Island. Oklahoma oh, yeah, given two points. Yeah, but they I think they even won a game. Like they suck. I hate them. They suck. But I think in a in a one game like Rhode Island, how good is Rhode Island? You know, like what, what division are they even in? They're in. Uh, they're in. I actually almost went to their championship game in, in DC, but I, I didn't obviously. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think Trey Young will just drop thirty points and win the game, and then Duke will crush them in the next round. But you know, I feel like Trey Young. I feel like the Trey Young factor buys you one win in March Madness, at the very least. Um, I thought it was relatively controversial that they even got in. I didn't realize, and I guess looking back on it, it's actually smart. I didn't realize that like the later games are weighted the same as the earlier games because in football yeah. it's not like that, right? It's it's, it's how you're I'm playing. Not sure I agree with that. Yeah, I kind of I think you need to give some weight to teams that either get hot late or yeah. sort of get it together overall late in the season. I agree. Um, it's just like I guess if they start doing that, there's enough games where teams can be resting players early on, and like they definitely don't want that. Like imagine early season, like those big games, teams are like, yeah, like we're we're only gonna play our starters 25 minutes because this game doesn't really matter. So they don't want to start that trend, like in the NBA. I think if you had like if you're in like the you know that tournament they do in DC in the United, or in uh, in Chicago in the United Center it's like yeah love those Duke Michigan State love Kansas those. and and Kentucky one of those guys like I feel like those games you still want to win I feel like the games where you would have that I'm not even sure you would have that to be perfectly honest they do still I mean maybe not those games but like I don't know just like the some other non-conference like this year Maryland played Syracuse early in the year and you know like. If that game wasn't weighted as importantly as a conference game, then you know, what does it matter? I don't know. I, I, yeah. I know in football they they definitely care a lot about how you're looking down the stretch. But, All right. So I was reading. This is I think the first year in at least a long time that there's no no higher seeded team is actually favored against the spread versus a lower seeded team. Say that again. No. No. There's no. There's no higher seed that's a favorite. Yeah, and like. Okay. I, I guess there always yeah. has been in years past. Just. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, a bunch of them are close. I mean, Alabama, Virginia Tech. Alabama's the nine seed, and they're plus one and a half. Oklahoma, like I said, plus two. Yeah, yeah, but I like. I, I, I think in years past, there's been like twelve over fives. Um, I don't know. But yeah, there's uh, always it, those upsets that like ESPN or all the, like the the experts quote experts they all like pretty much guarantee it's gonna happen. Like oh, this is just a bad matchup. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's nothing. Oh, Davidson well, so, down to five and a half. Who is Davidson versus Kentucky? That's crazy. It's fucking yeah. Davidson. What the? F- where is Davidson? Is, is Steph Curry playing? No, but there was a. Uh, I was watching one of the games over the weekend. It was the, it was one of the Davidson games, and they had a. Davidson's apparently got some point guard who can score from anywhere, who can shoot it, who who. I, I don't, so it is basically the, the the point was that yeah the point was that you could have the exact same thing. It could be a repeat. I mean, this guy's not going to go on to become the next Steph Curry, but 
you know, in college you can have it's you know much more common to find players like that. I guess so. Um, that, that just seems. I mean, whenever you get a line like five and a half, I mean, it just makes you want to take Kentucky. But Vegas, you know, Vegas knows. Vegas knows Vegas. exactly. Like Davidson Vegas. is covering. Let me tell that you, this, this past <laughs> weekend, I learned just that Vegas knows. Oh yeah. Wait, how was Vegas? Did you end up? You end up up or down money? I ended up up money. Um, See, that's it was win. about five six hundred after two days, and then the third day I was like, "Oh, I, I know exactly what I'm doing." I got greedy, and I just <laughs> yeah, you, I gave about half of it back. You thought you figured out blackjack, but you didn't. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, just the fact that you went and you didn't like get wrecked is a, a win, yeah, right? That brought two grand. It was like, if we lose this, whatever. Like that was the upper bar of what he was willing to lose, and we ended up. Uh, we might have, you know, come out, you know, 102 bucks ahead, something like that. That's awesome. That's a, yeah. that's a for the fun, you know, for the fun we had, like that's oh, fine. Oh yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, just the fact that you had the self control not to just put that 102 dollars down on red. I mean, good for you, because <laughs> not everyone has that control. I don't think. Yeah. Um, All right. So here's here's the, to me the most interesting spread of the first uh, the first round games: Loyola, Chicago, and Miami. Uh, Miami's favored by a point and a half. Yeah, that's a that's a team that all these fucking Jay Billis people just, yeah. they love. This was the this was the, this was the uh, upset pick of the moment last night. Yeah, they love Loyola Chicago, and like, yeah. But hold on, they were even going a step past it, and they were like, they were saying that they're going to upset Tennessee. Like, they literally skipped over the Miami game. They're like, yeah, like I see Loyola. You know, they can probably beat Tennessee in round two. And I was like, we're Whoa. just going to assume that that they just beat Miami. Like Miami has one of the best point guards in the country. Lonnie Walker, he's really fun to watch. I know um, nothing about Miami. I, to be honest with you, the only thing I've heard about Miami in the past couple weeks is that all these mid majors have wins in Miami, and that's like the signature win for these for these <laughs> teams trying to get in, trying to get the last at large bids. Well, so that's a good sign for Miami, right? Playing a mid major, that, that's an that's an auto loss. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I got Loyola Chicago going through. I've got probably five or six double digit seeds that are that I think can win their first round games. All right, tell me your, tell me these five or six teams that are getting first first round dubs. So in the South region, I got three going through the second round. I got Texas over Nevada. That game, ESPN has their little matchup predictor thing. It's got Texas fifty point two percent of the time, and Nevada forty nine point eight percent of the time. I've never seen a game closer than that. Um, that's yeah, that's wild. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. That I think that this sounds game like four overtimes. Up. I I would probably go into cardiac arrest if Texas went into a quadruple overtime game. <laughs> See, this tournament is so fun because I know that I'm going to have whichever team wins that game out in the next round of Cincinnati. I know that you're not, but I am. But I'm still yeah. going to watch that game. And if I lose, I'm going to break something. Like, <laughs> something will break, even though I'm going to have that team I, I know exactly in round how two. You feel. Like, I know exactly how you feel. As little of a deal as it is, you just, every single loss in March Madness is absolutely gut-wrenching and that's what makes oh, it so yeah. fun it's the, the worst one to me is for the past couple years i've done pretty well off the bat where i'll get like the first you know six or seven or eight games and i'm feeling it i'm like you know what these are all locks i'm winning that espn yeah i'm winning the trip to the final four i'm gonna win the tournament challenge all this crap and then it's like last year it was like the northwestern vanderbilt game it's like four o'clock on like the first day and i'm like furious <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I feel I get, the, I get the winner of that game losing to Gonzaga in the next round, and it just you know who gives a shit about that game? But I'm still screaming at the TV. 
Well, it, it just goes to show, like, I mean, even if someone wins, the, like, this bracket, like, yeah, like, like you give them props or you give her props, but, like, it, it just, it means nothing. Like, you can't tell me that you really knew who was going to win, UVA or Arizona. Like, it, it can go either way. And, like, you just have, like, yeah. the person who wins the pool is just the person who who got hot, you know? You just kind of ride the hot hand. I think... I think one important aspect of winning something like this is you got to find the random upsets. You know they're coming every – especially in a year like this. This is – like we said, brackets are going to be fucked in two days. But I mean I've got – I think about about a year like this is you got to just like go with six or seven of them say, fuck it. I'm just going to pick the upsets, go for the fun of it, and you know, if I don't get them, whatever. You got you to gotta try to find them if you really want right. to do well in something like this. Yeah, exactly. And like the – the part that sucks is like as many upsets as, as there always are, it always like there's always the final four always consists of at least three like blue blood schools that you know exactly. we're always so like even though UVA might lose in round two or Bonova might lose in round two, but the finals it, it's still gonna be Kansas, you know, it's gonna be one of those teams playing. I agree the completely. I thought that I thought it was my exact thought process on my bracket is the first couple rounds, find the random fucking mid major upsets, but then like my final four, like I said, West Virginia, Michigan State, UVA and UNC. Four hey, four hey, you three gotta, real bloods. You gotta stick those teams through. You just you, who knows yeah. which ones. It doesn't like you know. It doesn't matter in the first round if who's winning between Ohio State and South Dakota State. It matters that like neither of them is beating Gonzaga. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get into let's get into some picks. Let's hear your final four before we go anywhere. I'm curious. Um. So my final four and my fourth spot in the West is also still open, but I've got. Oh my god, I'm nervous. This is very subject to change. Um. I think I'm going to go with Duke just because I have a big crush on Marvin Bagley. Um, even though I, I think I told you that right before they got crushed by UNC, but I, they just didn't play well. Uh, just the team as a whole couldn't couldn't hit threes. But he is unguardable. He is a freak of nature. And, you know, what would, what would you do for a Duke-Arizona final? See Marvin Bagley against uh, DeAndre Ayton. I would... I'd punch myself in the nuts a couple times, like two or three hard punches to see that game. That that was that's a fun game. Um, but All so right. yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna go Duke over Kansas. Kansas always finds a way to uh, to not make it past the elite eight. So I'm not gonna trust them. Um, I had Purdue. Oh really? Yeah, I I Purdue's so good. They have four guys who can shoot threes, and they have that big fucking mammoth Isaac Haas at center, who is the biggest man I've ever seen. Um, so I, I really like them. And like I said, I think everyone just kind of forgot about the Big Ten because they didn't play this week. But, right. I mean, that that's a team that was top five pretty much the entire season. Yeah, pretty consistently for the entire um, year. And they ran into a Michigan team in a Big Ten tournament that was hot. But I still think there's no one who I think is going to beat Purdue. Um, I mean, that being All said, right, so we'll, we'll, you'll, you're not going to like the, my response to that. Well, you're going to have them losing to like Butler or Arkansas? Nah, I got them losing to Stephen F. Austin. Stephen uh, F. Austin to me is the classic mid-major uh, team in March, like Wichita State was for a year or two. You know, that, they're, they're, they, they get hot in March and they just beat random teams that they have no business beating. And they've got a decent 
they've got a decent draw. I think Texas Tech is not a three seed. Um, I could very easily see Stephen F. Austin winning that game. And then it's Florida who... Wait, no, you're not going to put them going that far. Oh, yeah. You're going to put this fucking 15 seed into the Elite Eight? Yeah, just literally for fun. I mean, this is... I want to. This is how I have it right Dude, now. Dude, there's no way you stick with that. You're gonna, Thursday, be so, you're gonna be so. You're gonna be so scared. Because then when they lose by fucking. Dude, yeah, they're a 24 point dog in that game. Like yeah, I, but, like whatever. <laughs> that is. Let me, do, let me do it for fun. Like for okay, so hold on. What there should be is there should be an against the spread bracket, but you couldn't really make that work because you know when they lose, they're out. But. I think that if they cover 24 and a half, the case could be made that they should advance. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, it, okay. I think it, <laughs> if they cover 24 and a half, um, no, but yeah, I think Purdue's probably going to beat them by 60. But that's okay. You put yeah, them in I'll, You put I'll, them I'll in go with Purdue in that game. I think West Virginia is going to come out of that bracket anyway. But Dude, I think they might lose first round. To Murray State? Yeah, they're just like when if that press isn't working, then you know, like they could, you can get a lot of f- free buckets. So I had I took West Virginia. I think Friday I had a lot of money on West Virginia, and they started out and they looked like shit against Baylor in that game, and then the next game they just they did not look that good in yeah. the first half. But then they and, always, they turn it on. Yeah, they just they turn it on. I think the press just wears you down over the course of a game. It's it speeds you up. You're you know. It takes you an extra three, four seconds to get in your offense. You're all sped up, so you're out of sorts trying to get into it. And then, at the, I think in the, towards the second half, it just wears you down. It's tough to get baskets against them. Yeah, and they're they're centered. That guy Konate, he is nuts. He blocks. Yeah. He's a he's a big boy. He literally he doesn't block. He actually catches the ball out of your hands. I've never yeah. seen it before. Yeah, uh, I think I always West Virginia always does well. March last year they gave Gonzaga. All that they could handle before Gonzaga went on to the national championship game. Yeah, and they did beat UVA this year. Um, that's the thing. It's it's so hard to beat them, but like you know, they also have to grind out every win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, who, like they could they could just start out with the full court press and they could be up twelve zero in the first two minutes before the other team even knows what happens. Exactly. Um, so that that's definitely. I think that's. I think West Virginia is going to do that to somebody. Yeah, I, I mean, I. I I doubt – I don't even know what conference Murray State plays in, but there's definitely n- no players as athletic as West Virginia is just nah, – Javon Carter is just going to fuck <laughs> yeah, with Murray State's back. Yeah. I mean, he just he makes you work just bringing the ball up a court, which is that, – Exactly. That's miserable. Just imagine, like, playing like that. That sucks. Yeah. Um, wait, so – All right. Uh, let's go back to some of these first-round so first double-digit seed upsets. Okay. Um, yeah, you're so big on these. Butler over Arkansas. If you're a th- you got to have that one. That's a you pick think em. so? That's a pick'em. In... I don't know. I uh, I like the way Arkansas they played the other night against Florida. Oh, Butler actually is favored now. That started off as uh, as like Arkansas minus one, but yeah, now Butler's minus one and a half. Yeah, that's basically a pick'em. Yeah, that's okay. So there's a ten seed favored over a seven seed. That's cool. Um. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to take Butler in that game. I don't, I don't like having money on on these SEC teams. I don't think SEC had a good year. I know, but I, they just don't play like a pretty style. I just feel like that's I hate. 
I don't know. I just feel like it's very grinded out. I, like the teams like Kansas and Purdue, like they're they just start drilling threes, and it's just so pretty. And before you, yeah. like they get hot. Uh, I just love that, like that free flowing offense. But you know that but, does make it more fun to watch. It does. Um, yeah. So you had Texas, um, Illinois, Chicago. Like, uh, there's always one that like like no one ever saw coming. Like like one Charles, of the, uh, do you give Charleston a chance to beat Auburn? Yeah, I mean I, Auburn just got fucked by Alabama. Like that, they're probably rattled still. They're probably just like we oh, all forgot yeah. how to shoot. Like that doesn't go yeah. away. Oh no, I've got so I think Charleston has a chance to beat Auburn. I think Auburn should, given how hard they're gonna, given how upset they're gonna be after that game, I think they can beat a 13 seed. Uh, but the winner of that game, I think, is going to play New Mexico State. I think New Mexico State can beat Clemson. Oh, you don't like Clemson? You're a Clemson I mean, that's hater. Another, that's another 12-5 one, so I know nothing about the two, so I'm inclined to just go with the 12. Just yeah, you've got to just take the 12, because two 12s always win yep. every, every single year. Um, the, only, the only 12 I have losing is Murray State to West Virginia, and you think that game could, it could go either way. Um. I mean, yeah, I, like we've both been saying, who the fuck knows a single player on Murray State? I know that, that Murray State made a run a few years ago. That's how I, I, I've heard of the school because of that. I remember that they made a little run as a, like a 14 seed. Yeah. yeah. Always one of those 13 or 14 seeds, one of them is going to get a win. Like, you know, I remember when, when Jabari Parker's Duke team lost as a two Tobin seed. Mercer. Yeah, that was... Yeah. And I think they they also lost as a two seed to like Lafayette a bunch of years ago, or Lehigh. Oh yeah, that was uh, CJ McCollum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean those those games always happen, and I think in a year where I think you're going to see more of that, much more of that this year. Yeah, because there's, there's, I feel like there's so much more talent. Like even these shitty schools, like when you watch them, like it it really does seem like everyone can shoot. You know. Everyone can shoot threes. It's just a matter of athletic ability. It's going to get hot like, at the right time. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, UNC probably has the same level of shooter as Lipscomb. They just are, are more likely to have the guy who can dunk from the foul line. <laughs> <laughs> Lipscomb's never going to get that guy. I don't even know where Lipscomb is or if that's how you say it. But, yeah. but you know, if that 15-2 upset takes place, who's going to be surprised? Well, uh, this this would be the year, if any, you got to think that a 16 finally beats a 1. I mean, I don't think that will happen by any means, but... Yeah, come on. Well, if we're, our, our friend Ben has UMBC. Oh, yeah. I ben think, like, like the, if uh, I was Vegas, I would actually, like, I think fairly set their first half points total at maybe 15 and a half. Yeah. Like, I... Halftime of that game could easily be 35 to 12. <laughs> Like I would, so I would not be surprised if that's the case. Like I said, like I said to you earlier, I think that's going to be the ugliest game to watch in March Madness tournament history. So like, okay, yeah, but how about if it happens, uh, UVA Cincinnati, just the two best defensive teams, and just oh, that'd be that'd be awful. I mean, well, it'd be I think like the Longhorns are taking down the Bearcats in the second round of that second round of that bracket. I uh, I think you're just a Texas fan, so <laughs> I don't know. I can't how argue. With you. <laughs> I, th- I really don't like Texas that much. I'm probably going to have them out in the first round. Um, but Mo Bamba is really fun. You know, I hate that that guy, Gostik, whatever his name is, Gostikowski. Oh, Sikowski. 
he he annoys me. I don't know right, if it's like, like a, not I don't know if it's a, it might be a race thing. I don't know, but um, yeah, he, he had that one game where he wore like cornrows, and I thought that was horrible. It was ugly. He he looks. He, I just didn't think he looked good, but he, he really is a solid player. I just hate him. I hate yeah. the way he All plays. Right, let me give you my logic for Texas. Obviously, yes, there's some bias, but Mabamba is phenomenal. Yeah. And Osikowski has been playing very well. He, he's been getting like 20 points a game. They have like three or four pretty athletic guards, and they need one, maybe two of them to just get hot and hit, knock a couple three-pointers down, and then they're in a game with anybody. They, they played Duke and Gonzaga to overtime in back-to-back games in – whatever tournament was in Portland, Oregon at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I remember that Duke I, game. But Duke... I think they should have they should have won that game. They're up 20 in the second half, and then just Duke got all the momentum and came back and won. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I've convinced myself of that about Texas, and then... They've, I mean, I don't think... Cincinnati, Cincinnati, to me, is one of those higher seeds that just blows it in March. They just tend to do that, I think. McCronin just seems like... I feel like I'm always seeing his name and Cincinnati going out in the first weekend. Um, yeah, I think it was like four out of the last six years or something. They were out before the second round or some shit. Some sad that that's, that was definitely not it, but so it was something that was sad for them. Right. It was some, some weird stat like that. Yeah, but I, I don't know. They're good this year. I guess like they're always pretty good, but I must've just caught a bunch of their games and I'm, I'm feeling kind of biased towards them. Um, I, I also hate when I... I'm on the opposite side of a great defensive team, and and my team just ha- d- does not score for six straight minutes, and I, I just uh, you know remotes those are the six minute droughts. Re- just remotes take, oh get broken, and, and then the fucking announcers keep reminding you. Like it pops up on the screen, like no field goals last seven forty two, and I'm just like, God yeah, damn! It. I know. I don't. I don't need you reminding yeah, me. Yeah, don't I'm fucking well tell me how long it's been. I, I don't want to know. I've already so, broken three windows because I'm well aware of that statistic. Yeah. So. I'm not excited. Like, ESPN. Yeah, they, you are. Yeah, you are. No, not. I, I don't mean that. I, I'm going back to Trey Young. And I, ESPN for like, they stopped because I, th- I think they realized that they actually ruined Trey Young. But like, seven or eight straight games, ESPN hosted every single Oklahoma game, and the entire time had Trey Young stats just on the screen. Like, not that like was a, so annoying. Not a pop up and down thing. Just like it was right there. Trey Young has the whole time. eighteen points, five rebounds, seven assists. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, like you guys are actually sucking his dick. Yeah, it's and awful. Then, ESPN picks their things, you know, and they go after him. Tiger, Lavar, yeah, <laughs> Trey Young, and they they ruin things. Like, how can an eighteen year old kid handle like? This kid's been watching ESPN since he was a six-year-old, and now he is ESPN. Yeah, um, kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Lavar, you see that uh, <laughs> he threw Jeff Goodman off of like his beat. Like Jeff Goodman's at, he's gone from Lithuania. He's back in the U.S. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Good for Jeff Goodman. The fact that Jeff Goodwin's job was to go to Lavar to go to Lithuania and just poke Lavar ball on the side and say, "Hey, say something stupid now." It's ridiculous. Yeah. Apparently. Which actually makes me like LeVar Ball more. Um, but apparently LeVar told Jeff Goodman, don't report the story of of me saying that, that Luke Walton lost the team. And Jeff Goodman still did. Um, oh, interesting. 
Yeah. So then Lavar, or, or maybe like like Lavar was like, I don't care what you report, but Lavar's like agent was like, Yo, Jeff, don't report it. And Jeff was like, Oh, well, Lavar said I can do whatever I want, so I'm gonna do it. And then Lavar was like, Fuck you, like get out of here. I'm never talking to you again. And then damn, now Jeff Goodman's gone. But I'm we haven't seen too much Lavar in the news, which is a, a good thing. That was well, no. Ever since ESPN got all that backlash over it, or the yeah. over the loop comments, ESPN yeah, got it. Once Popovich, and then they kind of realized they got to stop. Once Pop gets involved and he starts yelling at people, it's over. Yeah, that's yeah. You don't want Pop yelling at you. That's just that's not good. Um. Yeah, you got to listen. Um. But so yeah, uh, Jay Billis. Already. He, Jay Billis. He released a, uh, a little article today making every pick in the tournament, and and he says that you got to pick MSU as your uh, as your winner. Yeah, he said that. I think Dick Vitale said it. He said you gotta. So like, uh, do I have to now? Do I have to change everything? I mean, that's who I had. I, when I last night when I was trying to pick my winner, I just. I can't – it's hard to see a team rattling off six in a row and winning this year. But, I mean, somebody's got to do it. Someone will do it. I, you know, it's got to be one of the Blue Bloods, obviously. Um, and I think that – I think Michigan State can do it. I mean, I always go with them in March, and I always ruin my March because I've seen them – I saw them lose that game uh, in the Elite Eight to UConn, the Chavez Napier year, when I had them oh, winning that tournament. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. devastating. Had them. That was – I mean, UConn did that to everyone, but I I hated those UConn teams. They were they weren't even good. Like I hated them. Yeah. Well, Shabazz was a, what seven seed, and Kemba Walker was a seven or eight. Yeah. I mean, neither of I think Kemba might have been a four because he won. Right. They rattled off five in a row. Yeah. To win the Big East. I mean, one of those two teams, I know for a fact they. For which one, but one of them, like their first round game, they won in, in overtime. Like they just had no business. That was yeah. That was uh, that was the Shabazz Napier year. They beat St. Joe's in overtime in the first round of that game. Yeah, and then they just first round of the tournament. Okay, so now we're, now we're going to win the next five and be national champions. So yeah. Boring. Um, I think I had I Florida winning it all that year, and and UConn just took them to the woodshed. That sucked. Yeah, I think I remember that. But damn, I I guess I you know. Jay Billis, he's got a very nice, soothing voice. I may have to just just go with, all in with him here. Sometimes you just got to. What do I know? Um, oh, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about, just in general. I think, I mean, I've told you, I can tell all of our thousands of listeners how much I hate when the media blows up little things. Um, and obviously, I'm a biased Giants fan. But I think that Odell Beckham... On a night out, wherever the hell he was, like I, I, he he had just met Ronaldo earlier in the day or whatever. He's with a girl in bed. He's got a blunt in his hand. He's got whatever powder was next to him. Um, he got recorded without him knowing. Far. It was most likely blocaine. Um, but you know, I'm taking the over on it being coke. <laughs> okay, for sure taking the over. Um, regardless, in the off season, holding a blunt. Coke next to him with a most likely smoking hot girl. So what? Like, who cares? The NFL does. Yeah, but but, but besides that, like like should the, should a team like, like should the Giants now have to question if he's like the right fit for the future because he's doing that? As if like like it, yeah, it's I guess his fault for being caught on video. But like you think he's the only that, he's the only player. Is, 
that's doing that. Exactly. During right. the every off season. Doing, well, not every player, but tons of players are, are. Yeah. I'm sure tons of players smoke a shit ton of weed in the off season. Are doing, are doing drugs left and right. Um, it's one thing if like they're playing the Cowboys for the division this Sunday. Like, yeah, then that's a really bad look. But if like, yeah. what else is he supposed to be doing? As long as he's in shape, like, why do you have to even care? Shit. It doesn't matter. I, I, I don't get it. Let the boys play, I think, in my opinion. Let them have fun. Let them, let them just have, let them have some fun. It's the off-season. Who gives a shit? I listened like, to, some, to some other uh, this podcast with, like, with Chris Bosh. Uh, he was talking. He was saying, like, even, even the, like, very early in his career, or, like, maybe the era, like, right before him, like, there was so much more freedom than, than the players have now. Like, he, was, he would go out in Toronto. Well, it's because of social media. Yeah, it's just like everything you everything you do is seen by the public. It's like like this, do you think? Like, I bet you ten, fifteen years in the eighties, I bet you NFL players were just doing blow on the weekends every single weekend. Yeah. There was no Snapchat. Wherever they want, like they exactly, can, they can go to clubs with no shirt, even no pants. And like you know, who who really cares? Like, exactly. Yeah, when Odell Beckham rolls into a club anywhere, he's gonna have a million cameras on him, and everything he does is gonna get scrutinized. That's yeah. just the reality of the situation. When. When this podcast takes off and me and you are famous, once our undercover gets blown, then you know yeah. we're gonna have to watch where we go. We're gonna have to watch what we do. Mm-hmm. No more smoking pot for us. Not that we do that. <laughs> we don't do that. But if, but if we did, we'd have to stop. Yeah. So that would suck. Um, but hey, I, I think we we did a great forty minutes for our first episode. I think I'm gonna end the record. Thank you guys for listening. Give us a little subscribe. Give us a little a little follow at undercover podcast on twitter um you know we'll hopefully be tweeting some some fun things throughout the day just some some thoughts as as march, as march goes on. unfolds as the two best days of the year thursday friday get yeah. underway and we've got four games at a time from the second you wake up to the second you go to bed yeah and, that's and time of the year we should try and come back maybe like friday night maybe like during the end of the last games yeah we'll um, do a yeah uh, we'll do first two rounds our first round recap after first Friday, round, first two days. And then we'll go again next Monday for a little second roundsies. Yep. And then, you know, by then we'll be rich and famous. So that'll be fun. We'll see where the wind takes us. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe. Peace out.